Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Hello, Dream Festers. Welcome to the Dream Fest podcast, the place to listen to creatives putting together their Dream Festival lineup. Don't forget to sign up to the Patreon, uh, where you get yourself a shout out, some bonus questions, and in this episode in particular, 20 minutes extra chat with my guest today, who is a vibrophonist, a drummer, a teacher, a broadcaster, and an all round good egg. It is Mr. Julian Powell. I've known Julian for the best part of a decade and we've been playing together music together for a majority of that time but since lockdown we've obviously had no gigs and not had the chance to sort of nerd out music chat for over a year so this was a bit of a pleasure to do. Uh, Fortunately he did start his brilliant radio show Random Acts of Kindness on Brum Radio so I was still able to hear his dulcet tones and get more insight into his substantial music collection so that was a bit of a blessing. Remember to like and subscribe to this podcast on the Brum Radio podcast channel or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at DreamFestPod or uh, join the Facebook page at DreamFestPod also. I will be back at the end with some handy links to delve into. But for now, let's sit back and relax as we curate the Dream Festival lineup with Mr. Julian Powell. Enjoy. My, my background is, um, yes, I still collect CDs. <laughs> <laughs> Have you specially arranged them? No. I, I used to Yeah. back in the days when I could just put, oh, this is all this person and this is all this person. Then you get subcategories. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wait, but this is when that person was on that album. And, uh, <laughs> and then you just get too lazy and you're just like, you know what? Rap. <laughs> Jazz. There you go. Tell me about about your radio show, Random Acts of Kindness on Brum Radio. Yes, Random Acts of Kindness, the thing that's keeping my sanity. Uh, (laughs) 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 The the idea of it just came. Well, let's say I'm going to give the I'm going to give the props to Sony. The idea of it came from my my MP3 player. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I I have my whole collection on there, and I just put it on songs and shuffle all, so anything could come at any time. And yeah, I I call it Radio Me because I buy so much music. There's so much music on there that I don't know. Yeah, every day I hear something new and something that makes me go, huh? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Who was that? (laughs) Every day really is a school day then. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, and and the feeling that you get from that, that whole randomness, I thought if I could bring that to people, that'd be great and introduce them to to artists they would never have heard on commercial, from the commercial world. Yeah, hence a random act of kindness, I guess. So what's the the best thing you've sort of discovered through Sony then? Um, that, you'd, that you'd never heard before you went oh my goodness what is this i really don't know there there have been some times where i've i've heard albums that i didn't even realize that i had it was like the u2 album <laughs> <laughs> no no that was apple see that's another reason for ah, yes. <laughs> um, not one was um the fiona apple album extraordinary machine okay did you play some on the last show did you was that yes yeah Yes, I did. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. As we record this, this is mid-January and we're in lockdown 3.0 now, I think, is it? <laughs> no, it's like lockdown 3, electric boogaloo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I didn't. It was one of those where it was like, you know, when an artist comes out with something and you just go, oh, yeah, i got to get that. Yeah. Then I got it, put it on the thing, and then didn't listen to it. I didn't do the the old school style of oh new album listen to it for the whole first week and get it into your system that doesn't happen anymore it's just oh song pops up and it's like, oh I've got that and then I put it on in the car and just kept on listening to it for a whole week oh, wow this is awesome I've had this for months yeah so, sometimes you buy things out of nostalgia and and then when you listen to the whole album you're like 
Yeah, it was a moment. It yeah. was a, I can I can do the single. <laughs> yeah. The rest of it, no, I'm not in that moment anymore. Fair enough. Let's let's go back to young Julian as a young whippersnapper and your musical upbringing. I'm intrigued by what sort of things were going on in your household and what you were listening to when you were getting into music. Well, that that is another part of the influence on on the show Random Acts of Kindness on Broom Radio. Uh, <laughs> Mondays at ten, right? <laughs> Um, it, it's that Sunday. I've I've told you before about the the Sunday afternoon thing when Dad would be off work and he'd be tidying up and everything, and they'd be playing. He'd just be playing records, and his collection is ridiculous. It really is. It's it would be worth a lot. There's some things in there like the, the original Bob Marley Catch a Fire. There's some um, Isaac Hayes live at the Tahoe Sands, which I've seen. I've seen that um, vinyl in shops for like seventy-five pound. I'm like, oh man, man, good thing I'm not like a drug addict or something. I'd be selling <laughs> that stuff. <up. laughs> um, but it was, it was just how random that that was. Good because he's into a lot of stuff, so. So you'd have all your funk and everything, but then you get stuff like Leonard Cohen, Bruce Springsteen. Then it'd switch it up to classical and have some Dvorak. Do I play Dvorak? I don't know why. I'd always mispronounce it. D- D- Dvorak. Why? Dvorak, yeah. Then we'll yeah. go with Dvorak. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then when I was doing the marching band thing, 80s marching band in America... There was a lot of really good jazz and classical going on. Hmm. Nowadays, it's it's all kind of popular stuff, and oof, get a whole show based on like pop music and stuff. Yeah, they do like Michael Jackson covers and stuff, don't they? It's, yeah, it's it's it is weak, but then it, it's it's always funny because when I talk to kids who are in in the activity now. And they'll say, "Oh yeah, this band's playing this 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 tune, uh, or Zombie Wolf." I'm like, "Oh yeah, wow, they're playing Frank Zappa." Who? <laughs> oh, and you know, we'd know who the person was, who's the composer, and everything. So that got me into like Chikoria, Dave Brubeck, uh, a lot of classical stuff, Ravel, Leonard Bernstein, George Gershwin. So that covered a lot of that, and plus, you know, it was it, it was the eighties, so there was a there was a lot of soul and R and B and and hip hop as well. So, so what? So you you're a drummer, uh, and percussionist by trade. Yeah. How did you get into drumming? What was was there a musical route there for you? Did you hear someone musical drumming going? Oh, I fancied having a crack at that, or was it just? <laughs> Is it completely random? Go on. Oh man, this this story is hilarious. It's so nerdy because everyone else has really cool stories. Like, yeah, I saw Buddy Rich, and then I thought I want to do that. No, no, my but my brother was in B uh, Boys Brigade, and they drummed. Your brother was in the Boys Brigade. Yes, was he? Yeah. Is he going to mind? Is he going to mind you telling everyone that? Well. I always let out his secrets anyway. They, they, everyone already knows now from me that he he was originally a Tottenham fan. <laughs> Who's his sport now? Arsenal. But he's what? Like, he's like a famous Arsenal fan now because he lived. He, he used to live in Highbury. So and everyone's uh, like, oh yeah, yeah. So when I told people about that, like, switch from Tottenham to Arsenal though. That's like. That's, well, that's, was, that's dangerous levels. <laughs> well, that's crazy, though, because he was Tottenham when he lived in Birmingham. When he went to London, he was Arsenal, which yeah. also happened to be at the time when Arsenal were doing really well. Ah, now it all falls into place. Yes, yes. I suppose if he went up north, he'd be a United fan. Um, yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. You can be United. You can be United fan anywhere in the country. It's fine. <laughs> no, he wouldn't be a United fan because that's dad's territory. Oh, right. Okay. But he's an authentic United fan, though. He's been a United fan since, like, 1957 or something. So. Oh, right. Okay. So, I remember the Busby Babes, presumably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, he he's, his parish in Jamaica is is Manchester. Ah, so, there yeah. you go. Oh, United. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Sorry, carry on with the, carry on uh, with the story about you getting so, into drumming. He, uh, yeah, he was in uh, Boys Brigade. I used to go to to the rehearsals with him, and I'd sit in the corner with some sticks and 
tap on stuff and and then that morphed into a, a more marching band drum corps type of thing and I, I was still too young to do that because I was seven at the time so then I, I took piano lessons at eight and then when I was able to join join the uh, the, the band Sunrises yeah, I, I didn't choose that name <laughs> 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 I I was on cymbals. Yeah, they wouldn't let me do anything else but cymbals. I wanted to play the xylophones and all that stuff because I was playing piano and I knew exactly what to say. No, you're too small. You've got to go on to cymbals. So I did that for four years. Four years of crashing cymbals. Yeah. And then, then I went on to the tune percussion stuff and... Did that for many years, went to America with it. But while I was doing that, I started playing drums as well because I was always kind of looking at the where can you go next with it. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's that thing that really annoys me with like at work with, with when I see students who have been in there from like little kid and be learning their instrument from like six, seven years old. And they'll go all the way through until they go to the university, like 18, so they've done 10, 11 years. They've played in all these bands, they've done all these concerts everywhere, they've gone to Albert Hall, done cut guns over countries, and it's like, all right, I'm going to be an accountant now. <laughs> You've just devoted more time in your life, more than half of your life to music. And it's like, yeah, but I can count now, so <laughs> that makes sense, surely. <laughs> There's no money in drumming. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I so I I always thought well the amount of time I've spent in music it's always it's always been in the background because I actually wanted to be an accountant. Um, really seriously? Yeah, yeah, I, I wanted yeah. To be in business because well you know we had um, the advisors the careers advisor yeah, yeah them them yeah. Who, who basically just said i advise you to get a career yeah yeah well my remember my career advisor was in the 80s mm. so yeah music no no so, so you should go into business or something or something in computers yeah, that was the burgeoning enterprise. So, but I did. I was doing music enough, and it's like I'm just going to concentrate on that. So, but drumming, I need to do. I need to do drumming because no one accepted percussion. No one accepted it, as in. Well, so, if I, someone says, well, "You say I'm a drummer," but you're like, "Oh, actually, it's not really drumming. It's percussive." <laughs> yeah, it's they, tuned yeah. percussion. It's not the same. I don't know. No, well, I I did a thing when uh, when I got back from doing the stuff in America, I was I was just like convinced I'm going to do this as a percussionist. I'm going to make my way as a percussionist and you know promote myself as a percussionist. And I'd always get asked, "Do you play drums?" I said, "No, no, no, I play percussion." Mm. I, I just stuck to that gun and said, "No, no, no, I'm a percussionist. I'm going to do percussionist." And I did that for three years. Turning three down gigs. Yeah, <laughs> just people asking me, yeah, no, no, I'm a percussionist. And trying to, you know, and doing playing in things and orchestra, well, amateur orchestras and things like that. And, and you know, it's percussion. And then one day somebody asked me if I played drums. And I just went, yeah, yeah, I play drums. <laughs> I, but then I joined a, a, a brass band which then led me to the leader of the brass band. His neighbor was in a band and they were looking to it for a drummer. So I joined that band. Mm. Then in that space of that year, I joined like two other bands. And then about a couple months after that, I then started my job teaching drums. So from the moment I said, yeah, I play drums by yeah. the end of that year, my life had completely changed. What's um, what type of bands were they that you first joined? It was kind of funky rockish. The first band I was in, the best way we could describe it was like that band Cooler Shaker. Right, yeah. Remember them? It was yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, it was kind of like that. It's a good band. I really, I really enjoyed that stuff, actually. But yeah. the, it, it was very, very turbulent in there. Mm. Oh, really? Uh, lots yeah. of was fighting, drinking, drugs? No, no. Uh, it was, it, no, it was, it was very Britishly turbulent. Very passive, aggressive, and uh, just killing that vibe. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to know actually because uh, your brother Gary is he is he older than you? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Did he did he have a similar route into playing the drums? Yep. 
Yep, he was so exactly the same. Yes, yeah, he was a snare drummer. And then ah, after right. many years of doing that, he went into kit drumming. But he was always the star snare drummer. The star snare drummer. Yeah. And that's what led him to, what, Pete Doherty? I mean, <laughs> was Pete Doherty watching marching bands at that time? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he when, he, when he was doing drumming stuff here, he, uh, his partner at the time was living in London. So he would be working and doing stuff here. And then at weekends, he'd go visit her in London. And he got to a point where it's just like, all right, I'm, he moved there. I'm and- an Arsenal fan now. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> and then he met them through that because they were, he met them literally like them, much- them being the Libertines, just for Libertines, anyone. Libertines, sorry. Like, yeah, Pete and Carl and John. Like, literally a couple months before things really took off. Oh, right. So he, he, he got to them just in the right time then. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in, did he, did he drum on their first album then? Yeah. Did, yeah. Yeah. I, I just never talked about it because all the way through the marching band stuff for all of those decades, I was always known as Gary's brother. Oh, right. Fair enough. So, yeah. You know, people would always go, Hey, how's your brother? Yeah. So as soon as that happened, it's like, oh, Jesus, I'm Gary's brother again. You just, <laughs> like, you, you just say, yeah, he's still a sellout. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, ne- I never said anything. They, they, I, I, yeah, nobody. It was only when people asked. It's like, is that your? <laughs> there was one instance at work. A friend of mine, Louise Jones, her daughter asked her, right, said, um, Mom, is... Um, guy in the libertines is that is that julian's brother and she went no of course not don't say that that's racist (laughs) (laughs) oh bless the white liberal (laughs) Uh, no but they're they're, they're lovely people in fact i just played i just played the other daughter's track on on the show today uh (laughs) oh who was that um jessica jones um, okay. Like Jacka Jones, sometime. Ah, right. Where's she from? They're from Stourbridge. Mm. I don't know where she is right now because I know okay. the family moved to France just before, well, while things were going crazy because they'd both retired and she'd gone with them. And then they came back at Christmas to visit the family and she stayed behind. So I don't know if she's back in Stourbridge or she's up north with her sister. So I don't know if she's a local artist anymore. Uh, if she's from Stourbridge, that counts. Hey, there we go. Yes, yeah. Stourbridge. You'll be pleased to know, Jules, that we're not going to talk about Gary anymore. This is all about you. <laughs> um, and it's all about live music. Um, before we get to the main part of things, I've got a few questions for you that I didn't prepare you for, uh, cause I don't want you to get the cool answers. So <laughs> here we go. Oh, is that, did the, the prepared questions were torture were they it's <laughs> oh, like Sophie's choice yeah I thought it might be for someone like you actually <laughs> this is why I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one but first before we get to that I would like to know mm-hmm. Julian Powell mm-hmm. what is the first gig as a punter that you remember going to oh okay that one's easy living yeah. colour living colour wonderful colour. What, age what, 16 yeah, just got into him, just started playing guitar. Went with Gary and a couple of his uni friends, Nick, and I can't remember the other guy's friend, um, name. Um, that was, well, that was my first, like, gig gig. Mm. I went to I went to Ronnie Scott's once on my, I think it was my 16th birthday. It was kind of accidentally. Um, well, Gary used to work at Ronnie Scott's uh, as waiting staff. So he could get in there for free. And on my 16th birthday, we went to, we were going to go to the cinema to see Alien 3. And, wow. uh, but it was the opening weekend. So the tickets were sold out by the time we got there. And there was only the midnight showing left. And we went, okay, let's do that. And let's go to Ronnie's. So I, I saw Ire Kire. Yeah, it turned out to be a really good birthday. I thought, oh, well, it's cool. Went to Ronnie's. For free, and then for free. So three, and I caught the uh, caught the two a.m. bus home. 
Man, that was something to boast about <laughs> next week at school. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Okay, well, that's a good that's a good first gig. Well done. Second question is, what was the last gig you went to? Do you remember what it was as a punter? I really, really don't know. I, I was thinking about this the other day. I, I really don't know. I'm guessing it was something at the, the Symphony Hall. Did you go to any any gigs last year, like between, so between January and March? I don't think so. so. It would have been 2019 then, probably. I may have been to something. I don't know. I think what makes it worse as well, the past couple of years, any classic great artist comes, I will just get tickets. Because mm. it's always, it, ever, ever since I saw Gil Scott Heron at WOMED, <gasps> and like, yeah, and then he passed away a couple months later. Then it was like, oh, okay. I know what I should do from now on. (laughs) Yeah, anyone where it's just like, yeah, they're getting on a little bit. Mm -mm, I'm going to go and see them because you never know. So so I've been to a lot of gigs like that. Plus, before lockdown, I used to watch a lot of of web-streamed concerts as well. Mm. You know, back when they were free. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Mm, Yeah, it's a business now. It's understandable. Understandable, yeah, I guess so. But, I mean, I suppose with the big artists, do they really need to do that? I don't know. I suppose some of them might do. I mean, with major record labels as well, that you know, they still owe them hundreds of thousands of dollars, I suppose. So. Yeah. In some case, millions. But um, what was Gil Scott Heron like then? Um, I mean, if it was just before he died, was he on form? Was he, he was, looking a bit wary? I, I can't remember if it was. It may have been about a year before that, but it mm. was him, a saxophonist, and a conga player. Okay. And yeah, well he was he was headlining. This was back in the days when Wilmer used to have headline artists that were actually known. Right. <laughs> Before it's just like <laughs> Yeah, some some assortment of alphabetical letters. It's, yeah, well, okay, I guess they're big. Um no, it's it was a brilliant concert. It really was because he, he you know, he was very conscious and he was just like telling stuff and, and you know, I think he did some of his poetry as well. And, you know, that, that introduced me to the song Save the Children, which is one of my favourite songs of his of all time. Amazing. Okay, so the last one. This is probably going to be the hardest one, I think, for you. What's the best gig you've ever been to? There are a couple. Okay, we can have some honourable mentions as well. If you've got yeah. a toss it between two or three, that's okay. Go for it. Oh, no, actually, this is really difficult for me. It's... <laughs> I thought it might be. <laughs> yeah, but... <sighs> Because I, I could say Chikoria, but then it's like, which time? Oh. But it could How many be times have you seen Chikoria? About five. Okay. But it's always in different forms, though. Right. So, yeah, every time, is, every time is absolutely different. It's not like, you know, you see a band five times and you know what they're going to do. Mm. It's like, oh, yeah, this is when they do that bit now. And no, it's completely new band, completely different set of music. Yeah. Um, the, the one gig I do mention a lot whenever I talk about classic gigs was the Ben Folds 5 gig at the Wolverhampton Wolfram. Uh, okay. But it was just before they split, and it wasn't promoting an album. It, always, ah. it seemed weird because it was just like the album had come out the year before, so it was about eight months after that. It's like, oh, why are they touring and not promoting anything? And then... But that last album, it was it was a case of, hmm, this is a bit too personal. Yeah, I don't think they're going to last too long after this. That's interesting, that, isn't it? If, if you release an album that perhaps there was some conflict in, and then to then be gigging it eight months later. No, they they didn't, oh, gig, they didn't gig the album. At all? They, they did about two songs off the album. Everything else was just ah. all the songs they wanted to do. So you can uh, yeah. really feel it. And the way they started it was brilliant. It started yeah. with a ballad. Mm-hmm. Everyone was everyone that was there, you could tell, were just Ben Folds Fives and aficionados, and they knew all the stuff. And it started with a ballad because the energy was just so just so right. And it's just, oh, ballad, okay. <laughs> okay. But then you can still, still feel it brewing. And then the second song was a B-side instrumental. <laughs> okay. 
I knew, I knew because I used to collect all the singles. And it's like, oh, wow, yeah, Dr. Pfizer, yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. So it's, it's, it's still, everyone's, okay, the energy's there, but I don't know this song. Then they did a popular song. Yeah. By that time, the whole room was ready to just burst. And that was it. That just really set it, set it up for a great gig. That's a cracking answer, though. Ben Folds at the Wolfram. Wonderful stuff. Or it could be Ben Ben Harper with his solo tour at the Symphony Hall, and he did stuff with his mom and his solo stuff, and and he's such a humble guy. Yeah, I've never I've never seen him live actually. But um, yeah, I've seen him a few uh, times. And I think I think the only album I've got of his is the one he did with the Blind Boys. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. I, I really really love that. Yeah, but he's one of those. After every song, you know, people are cheering like crazy, and he's like, oh. Thank you. How's that for me? <laughs> <laughs> and and plus it's Cynthia your horse who's looking at it like, wow. This is you know, this is nice. Birmingham's the place to be. <laughs> well Symphony Hall's the place to be, but oh, I suppose, yeah. Uh, the artists that know, they know that stage is great. Yeah. But sometimes the crowd. Yeah, I've yeah, I've been to a few gigs. I've been to more comedy gigs, I think, than actual music gigs at Symphony Hall. Mm. It's one of those yeah. It's not a great place for like dancing or anything, though. So it's it's weird to see people sitting down. But if it's if it's a niche artist, yeah, and it's and there's a lot of people there, then it's going to be a great night. Awesome. Okay. Right. Well, we're gonna get to the nitty gritty now, Jules. I've got to print off my answers because I was looking. I've been staring at them for half an hour before this. Like, um, do you need to do that now? Do you need to print them off? I, I, I up so I can just. Press print. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I was literally there. I just needed to confirm. <laughs> this was so hard. Yeah. So very hard. I hope it was fun, though. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A tentative yes. I'll take that. <laughs> Uh, admittedly, the last question, building the fantasy band. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let's not get into it too yet, but yeah. But yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I thought that, it might be, actually. That, that was a fun one. But that okay. was like, me being a very big geek. Fun. I knew, you, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fully expecting a lot of people I've never heard of on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be quite niche. Probably not. No, it's, no? It's, okay. it's, a, it's, it's a good gig. It's not like, oh, okay, he's got an obscure jazz. No, it's a good gig, and it's it's kind of like a, a sports team. I put it oh, together okay. a sports team so it fits. Okay. Well, our uh, Patreon listeners are going to have a, a ball with that one because that's on our bonus questions. So uh, if you're listening to this and you're not on a Patreon, go and sign up for the Patreon, and you'll, uh, you'll hear what it is. But first of all, so I've set this festival up. And uh, I've organised everything, stages, lights, it's all done, wristbands, invitations gone out, food trucks are sorted. Silly me, forgot to book any bands, so I need your help to fill those slots for me. Now, luckily, I have got the use of a handy-dandy time machine, and you can go to any period in musical history and handpick the artist you like from any era you like. And as another bonus to you... Yep you get to pick the form of your time machine. How are you going to travel to your festival? Okay. Uh, okay. First of all, can I, I, I was just giggling then because I was trying to figure out which one of us is Bill and which one of us is Ted. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm clearly Bill just because I'm not Keanu Reeves. <laughs> he wasn't, he was Ted, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Ted, the, the Theodore. Yeah. 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 Logan, yeah. So that means I have to go. Whoa, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the time machine. Although I, I would have to quote Bill. Is it Bill Burr? I think it's Bill Burr on that one. That black people don't have messed with time machines because when we going back to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Bill Burr one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it would have to be something really pedestrian so people just wouldn't notice at all. Okay. Something like a 1980s Skoda. Right. Something, something that's just like, eh, eh, whatever. Or, or a Lada. 
a lot. I was going to say a larder, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all those those playground jibes are just come flooding back now. <laughs> oh yeah, no larder. Oh man, I love that car. It's just like, okay, here's a car. <laughs> <laughs> what was the old joke? What what do you call a larder with no wheels? A skip. <laughs> well, a larder with no wheels and no roof. That was it. Sorry, I messed that joke up. I'm not a comedian. Um, okay, so you're going to go for a Skoda, a Skoda then? <laughs> no, I go for a Lada. I yeah. go for a Lada. You, I mean, you can travel in you can travel in style here, Jules, if you really want to, or you can, you know, you can fly there if you wanted to. Or no, I'd want to be in go the Lada. It's about it. Yeah. Okay. You're so modest, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're getting in your Lada. <laughs> now, the day before the festival opens, there's a few bars open. Your guests are around. You can meal, have a chat, talk about the day ahead. It's a bit of a late night, so the next morning the festival's going to start, and there's some music to wake up to. In fact, they're right outside of your tent. So who is your wake-up call? I originally said a jazz jam session. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I I want something kind of funky. Yeah? Mm. So you, are you going get up and go or gentle awakening, or how are you going? I'm going get up and go because I don't drink. So I'll just wake up and be like, sure. <laughs> So, um, oh, you know what? I'm going to go Prince. You could Prince? Yeah. Prince is your wake-up call? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 80s Prince, though. It's got to be 80s Prince. Yeah? Mm. Okay. Yeah, like Sheila E. Sheila E, yeah. And all of that. And, and, and even um, th- th- those guys. <laughs> Those other guys, yeah. The revolution. The revolution, yeah. Yeah, yeah. With Doctor Z, I'd have to call him Doctor Z though, just to mess yeah, you, with you'd ha- Yeah, you'd have to call him Doctor Z. Is there any particular song do you think it would sort of particularly get you out? See if it was gentle, because there's plenty of gentle songs that it could do. Like sometimes it snows in April, or Raspberry Beret. Oh, actually, yeah, I'd like to hear Raspberry Beret with a violin. With a violin, just a violin. Oh, no, 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 no. actual violin in the song. Right. We could, we could, there is one in there, playing in there, and I just remember when I went to see him, he was with that, like, overly distorted pub band, and it was... Oh, come on, man. I paid £80 for a ticket here, man. I want to hear... <laughs> so, come on, I've got to just... got to go to see a tribute artist, and... Yeah, true, true that. Okay, well, Prince is, I was totally unexpecting that. I, I thought maybe I'd, he'd make an appearance at your festival, I'll be honest. Yes, he does, he does. Yeah. I, was, I wasn't expecting him outside your tent, though. That, no, I, that that came, I was just looking through stuff, and it was just like, actually, yeah, rather than a jazz jam, that would, I probably want to relax more and just go back to sleep. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, well, Prince has finished Raspberry Beret with his violin, and uh, you managed to wipe the sleep from your eyes. Um, you don't need any painkillers at this point because you don't drink, as we've established. Um, you've had yourself a nice little breakfast. The festival is about to start. So who is setting the tone and putting out the festival vibes? Who is opening your show? I've got Roy Ayers with Ubiquity. I have to say it. Say it again. U- Ubiquity. Ubiquity, yeah. It's just, there's, a, there's I think, there's a concert at the Montreux Jazz Festival, and the announcers it Ubiquity. So I've always said it like that ever since. <laughs> um, but it's got to be the the seventies lineup, like the seventy four to seventy nine lineup, with with a percussionist and a female vocalist. Yeah, because he hasn't had those since then, and seeing him live never has that. Just mm. we we're talking sunshine era, that sort of. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What's, yeah. What's the I've got I've got one of his albums on vinyl. I can't remember Picnic, Picnic, something. Stone Stone Soul Picnic. Stone Soul Picnic, that's the one. Yeah, I yeah. I think that's sixty nine. Because yeah. that's like more jazz stuff and I, think, I thought it was later than that. I think Herbie Mann was in on that album as well. And there's like flute and, yeah. and stuff like that on there. You probably know better than I do on that actually. Yeah, I'm a bit of a nerd with with with, with Roy Ayers. Again, that's like, you know, teenager. <gasps> that guy plays vibraphone. I play vibraphone. <laughs> and he does disco. <laughs> cool. You, know, you could do disco with a vibraphone. I, yeah, do you know. How many times have you seen Royers? I don't know. I think three. I think four. 
more than enough. <laughs> yeah, well, I was supposed to see him this year, well, last year, and it, it was like the 25th anniversary of the Mystic Voyage album, and he was going to play the whole album. Because it, it would have been all of those songs he never usually plays. Mm. They went, and plus, I needed after the last time I saw him at the Mosley Jazz Festival. Yeah. Yeah. That, mm. was, that not, was that not good? It, it was phoned in. It phoned was, in? Yeah, it really was. It was just like every art, every, every song, you just like confide with the band. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Uh, here's Everyone Loves Sunshine. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, here's the remix of everything. I think he did Everybody Loves the Sunshine in like three different versions. And it was just a oh. song like, what should we do now? It's a bit like our band then. <laughs> <laughs> What are we do next? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but it was it was annoying though because he was like sub headliner and then Sister Sledge came on afterwards mm. and that was such a pie. Yeah, I was like, really? I I never because it was like I'm going to see Royers and I'll stick around for Sister Sledge. Mm. And it was kind of turned out to be the other way around. That's okay as long as you had a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good. <laughs> okay, so Royers has opened your show. It's now time for a secret guest. So someone to sort of surprise and wow everyone. So some flyers are appearing, circulating through the crowd with the promise of an exciting, previously unannounced guest. Who is going to shock your audience? Yeah, can I say Prince again? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could. It wouldn't be that much of a surprise with people walking past your tent in the morning. But... <laughs> Um, I I had I had like a couple of bands lined up, and it was okay. the, the Black Rock All Stars, basically like Living Color, Bad Brains, Fishbone, or Twenty Four Twenty Four Seven Spies. But I am gonna scrap all of that, and I'm gonna put MF Doom there. Okay, MF Doom. Now that is a surprise, considering as we record, uh, it was announced he passed away what, last week. But it yeah. was actually, it might have actually been October. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That 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 really was quite a, um, uh, I'll say, a gut punch to keep it clean, because um, yeah. was it was like half past eleven on New Year's Eve. It was announced. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. So it was just like, all right, we're getting out of this crappy. Uh, okay, we're moving. Up. What? Oh, come well, on. Yeah. On. One last kick in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I, mean, I must admit, I'd, uh, I'm. Not, I mean, I'd, I know the name of MF Doom. I can't say that I'm. In, you know, I've listened to much of his music at all. But t- tell me, tell me about MF Doom. Um, the way I got into, ironically, there there, there is a tribute show to him um, coming soon, um, mm-hmm. next week. But but it's more about the more about the samples and all the collaborations and everything. So it's not just him because I know I couldn't just do a, a rap show for an hour and a half and lose quite a lot of listeners. Um, not necessarily. Well, well no, I was going to say the people I know who listen, it's like mm. oh, and there was rap as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he he was a, he was a mystery man. He was like a very good mystery ma- man of rap. And see, I knew him before he did the whole mass thing when he was in KMD, back in the golden age of hip hop, when when there was so much hip hop, you could ignore things that were brilliant. There's 10 great albums that have come out this week. I will buy two or three. The others, eh. For another time, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Now you can't find them because they're all rare, like £120 on eBay each or something. There are some albums out there that the price of them, oh my. Specifically MF Doom ones? No. Well, MF Doom stuff is, yeah, that's gone on eBay at ridiculous prices now, which is quite scary. I'm, I'm just glad I got stuff at the time. But it was, it was that figure that he came about in the time where I was kind of, I, I was moving away from rap and moving more into jazz because I've, I've been into rap since I was a kid and, you know, it, it was, I'd, I'd loved it all my life. And it's, it's that, that Chris Rock line. <laughs> any music that you're into when you first start getting some, you're going to love for the rest of your life. <laughs> Excuse the pun here, but what was your entry into hip hop? <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my first real, cause you know, you, you hear things and like, Oh yeah, that's cool. My first thing that got me 
was Dougie Fresh and the Get Fresh crew on mm. top of the pops performing the show, the six minutes. Yeah. Because I, I was a little kid and I saw this and it's like, what? And it was beatboxing and there was people breakdancing and it was rapping and it was on TV. It's like, so when was this, like, early mid-80s? Yeah, talking? this, this yeah. would be, like, yeah, probably about 84 or something like that. Yeah, that just, like, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm into this now. Yeah, that, that's yeah. it. This is me. <laughs> <laughs> just started getting some, so. <laughs> oh, well, the duck, well. Eight years old. I know, you were an early starter, Jules. It's okay. No. no. <laughs> I jest, of course. But it feels it feels like a music that it was it was in its infancy then when I was in my infancy. So it's kind of like we've grown along. Okay, so that's nice. That's so a nice way to think of it. To think to to go along with a, a, a nerdy analogy, it's like that Star Trek film where Spock is dead, but he comes back, but he's been on a planet that's kind of like got his genes or something, and he he grows with the planet. <laughs> I tried. Um, yeah, you're losing me with this, the sci-fi analogies. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh, MF Doom is a mask man, and it, the, the lyrical, as I get older in hip-hop, I'm, I'm, I've become an old man in hip-hop, and before it was all about how I could dance to it and everything. Now it's about production and lyrics. All production and all lyrics. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, some things I can see and just go, yeah, I'm not into that at all because it's mm. just not It's not as it's, as good as it's hyped up to be. How do you feel about the sort of new era of, of hip-hop, you know, the sort of grimes and the traps and all that sort of stuff? New era UK hip-hop, I like it a lot. I'm not into much of it, but I do like that they're doing their own thing. I I find that great because back in the day, UK hip hop was just copying American hip hop. But now, grime and trap and everything, it's its own thing. It stands alone. I really do love it. It's got its own identity. So, that I, I find, I just find that's great. All right. I'm, well, MF Doom has wowed your crowd. Uh, and it's now time for something to eat because you've built up a little bit of an appetite. So, what is your favorite festival grub? What's going to keep you going for the rest of the day? What I used to have at WOMAD, <laughs> I used to always plan it out because Saturday would be Saturday. I'd even I'd have noodles with uh, tempura vegetables and what's, and a, a, what's a tempura vegetable? As the just the Japanese the deep fried vegetable. Okay. Mm, mm. <laughs> 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 and and Sunday because it's Sunday and you know I'm part Jamaican. Uh, it'd be rice and peas and veg. Rice, peas, and veg. Awesome. Just in a tray, in a, one of foil tray, oh, maybe. That, that In that styrofoam. Oh, you're going for the styrofoam. Tray. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's not environmental. But... No, it's really not. But you're a vegan, right? So, you know, that sort of balances exactly. out a little. <laughs> Are you a vegan yet? No, not yet. Do uh, you see how many cheeses they have now? Yeah. I think I tried, the, the first one I tried... It made me heave. <laughs> Just the smell of it made me heave. It was in, because uh, I opened it, had a bit on my sandwich. I was like, nah, not feeling that. Put it in the fridge. And then every time I opened the fridge, got this waft of mm. horrible coconut, like, mm. so, yeah, like churning coconut. It's like, ugh. No, and then I just threw the rest of the way and I've not tried any of the since. But I will, I will have a go. I'm pretty much there. I mean, milk sorted, butter sorted. I don't really eat yogurt. Uh, so it's just cheese and then obviously milk in milk chocolate is a bit trickier, but I'm getting into more, more dark chocolate now. So much vegan chocolate out there. It's really, yeah. uh, what's the one I just had? Montezuma, is it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was but nice. Chocolate. So like, uh, there's a the chocolate orange. They do a chocolate orange flavor. So yeah, I'm getting there. I am getting there. Saying that for years. So, <laughs> well, I've only been vegetarian in two years, if that. So, you know. Yeah, you're saying you'd be getting vegan for two years. I was never intended to be <laughs> vegan, just vegetarian. But as it happens, I'm, I'm getting there. Anyway, enough about me, Jules. <laughs> you're tucking into your rice and peas. Yep. And while you're doing that, the stage has been set up and someone is about to come and do an acoustic set. So it could be an acoustic artist or a non-acoustic artist, but they're going to do an acoustic set for you. So who's going to serenade you while you eat? See, now this one, I turn this one around. It would be the vibe of a brothernist. 
Gary Burton. Vibraphonist like Gary Burton. Yeah, vibraphone. That's, that's, yeah, yeah, de- definitely. Because he he retired a couple years ago. He's the main influence on my playing style, and always has been, and always has been that guy that's wowed me. And I do have an album called Gary Burton Alone at Last, and it's just him in a concert on his own, and it sounds like three people are playing. Mm. It's it is ridiculous. I I remember. I remember buying it. It was a Saturday after I finished work at a restaurant and I took my tips, took my tips to uh, Swordfish Records. Uh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, four pounds. Ooh, great. <laughs> took it home, put it on the record player. And then I think Gary came home from work and I was sitting there and he came in. I just went, oh my God, I will never be able to play like that. And he did this in 1969. <laughs> and it's always wowed me ever since and just yeah that sounds good man so that's uh is that perfect rice and peas music do you think is that it's not you're not gonna it's not gonna make you jump is it oh no no it's not gonna make me jump at all it's just gonna be jazz tunes with yeah that just makes me just stare and go that's so good (laughs) (laughs) wonderful gary burton is he's gonna serenade you while you eat okay lovely right Jules, it's time now to show a bit of love and a bit of support for your local area. You're a Birmingham guy, so you could pick a legendary band from Birmingham or an established current band or an up-and-coming band uh, that you think deserves some some props on the festival scene. So who are we going to go for? And you can't pick any of your own bands, unfortunately. I... <laughs> <laughs> I I have gone for a band, uh, Devil and Casey Jones. Ah, yes, you've introduced, introduced me to these guys before. Yeah, they're well, they're not they're not going anymore because no. they're spread out around the world. <laughs> but it it was a, it was just a great time. We used to do lots of gigs and stuff with them, and and hang out with them at the oh oh what's that place the pub in the jewelry quarter around the corner from the jam house and it's the the actress and bishop that (laughs) yes yes and it was just a great time being around them and their friends and everything my friend james was yeah he was the drummer in that band and yeah and i you know i still i still i've got a couple of their albums i still is still in on my playlist and stuff he doesn't believe me though whenever i say to james yeah yeah, no, I still listen to your stuff. What sorts of uh, for those who were uninitiated, what sort of um, what sort of sound is it? It was kind. It was alternative. It was kind of uh, I don't want to say emo, but mm-hmm. same. But it kind of it's it did remind me a little bit of Talking Heads in some of the stuff. Yeah, I do have a lot of love for Talking Heads. Yeah, that's fair. I think, but it had it, but it did have a bit more, a bit more hard, a bit harder edge to it though. It's now time for the intimate set. So there's a tent that holds around 30 people. It's a bit of a squeeze. But who do you want to see up close and personal? I put I, 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 either Ben Harper, mm. that, that gear again, yeah. or, or Joni Mitchell. But it would, mm. it would be mid to late 70s Joni Mitchell. Yeah. Joni Mitchell has appeared on this, uh, on this podcast before. Not mm. her, obviously, but she's been mentioned <laughs> a couple of times. In fact, I think I um, say I can imagine the serenading while whilst eating. I think was the answer for her. Yeah. So we could go Ben Harper. Mm. It's up to you, really. It's your, it's your show. <laughs> no, I, I'd go Joni Mitchell from that era, but it yeah. would be the late seventies era when when she was experimenting with jazz. <laughs> ah. You just can't help yourself, can you? <laughs> I, I know that I know that would anger the purest Joni Mitchell fans. No, it wasn't real. I prefer the folk. Yeah, it's like when Dylan went electric, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they just can't let go, can they? <laughs> no, that sounds good. I think, uh, yeah, Joni Mitchell in in front of thirty people doing some experimental stuff with jazz. Pretty good. We're going to move now on to, uh, it's one of my favourite questions. This is the full album performance. So whose album would you like to hear played in its entirety by the artist? 
Ironically, this is the easiest one because I've thought about this one for years. Well, it's yeah. the easiest one, but I do have two answers. <laughs> <laughs> and I did, I did, in fact, think of making a band that would actually do this, that would just play an entire album for, for gigs. Can you imagine that going to see an entire going to see an album? Yeah, I think that'd be great. Either Marvin Gaye's "I Want You" album. Ooh, I was expecting what's going on when you said Marvin Gaye then. Ooh, no, no, the I Want You album, but okay. mainly for, more for the production quality. Mm, okay. Yeah, I want uh, the um, What's Going On. It's, yeah, very conscious. It is a brilliant album. It is a brilliant album, but the I Want You album, the production on that's ridiculous. I've always known that, and it's, you know, you know something's right, and you just get that extra proof. Yeah. <laughs> I, I when they did the two disc deluxe set, I, I got that, and it yeah. has the the takes of just certain instruments and stuff, and like vocal tracks and stuff, and it's just like wow, that's that's amazing. What he layered his vocals four times on that one song. Okay, so <laughs> on each song there was pretty much an orchestra playing. All right, yeah. So, so I'm learning stuff as well. Good. So, so if he did, so if he did the full album. Would you have the orchestra there then? Yeah, it would have to be everything all in. Cool, man. Was there another one? The other one was the Maloko last album, Statues. Okay. I didn't take you for a Maloko fan. Yeah, yeah. I've played them a few times. Yeah, yeah. I liked them from day one, from uh, Fun For Me. That bass line got stuck in my head for months. (laughs) I think it was... That that came out like 96. I think the first time I went out to do stuff in America with the marching bands... And any time I get on a keyboard, I would play, (laughs) what's that? You don't know. You you don't know some cool stuff. (laughs) Awesome. So if you had to pick between those two. I would have to be the Marvin Gaye. Okay. Good answer. Good answer. It's the right answer. (laughs) Nothing against Maloko, but eh, when you got Marvin, you can't say no. Okay. So the sun is going down. The party is about to begin. Your headline is getting ready. First, someone to get you warmed up. Now, I think there could be two ways you go with this. The sun's going down, dusk, mellow, bit melancholy, relaxed, chilled vibes, or let's just get into party mode and get ready. Where are we going with it? Uh, I've got like 1,700 answers here. (laughs) (laughs) We've already had MF Doom, so that's taken out there. Okay. Could go Tribe Core Quest. Yeah, yeah. C5 Dog in there. But I've never seen them live, so I don't know how it comes across live. Because me, me and live rap, it's it's just too shouty, too shouty. I uh, maybe not enough visually, perhaps. Mm. I don't know. I remember when Kanye did Glastonbury, yeah. everyone was losing their mind, going, oh, "It's gonna be amazing." I was like, "Okay, I'll give this a watch." And okay, there was some lights just above his head, mm-hmm. uh, and then that was it, really, for mm. the first. Three songs. Like, is it? Is there anyone else going to be on? Is it any guest, any band? Maybe. I mean, he's had all this to. He's had all this time to prepare. Maybe there's a band, and then someone came on. I was like, oh, okay, here we go at last. And then it was Lee Nelson. <laughs> it was Lee Nelson who then got who got escorted from the stage immediately. Is <laughs> at that point I turned it off. I was like, ah, I'm done. But then Stormzy a few years later. I thought it was amazing. Great visuals. Yeah, I had did, musicians yeah. there. It looked great. He sounded great. It was a proper show. But mm-hmm. yeah, anyway, sorry. Carry Actually, on. Thinking about it, because the one the, the the first answer I put was De La Soul. Okay. That's one group. I've seen them so many times and I will just keep going back. Because mm. it's it is a show. It it is a show. They got routines and everything, and it, it kind of harkens back to the old the very old hip hop with the, like little go go things and everything and orders routines and it's just a party. Mm. It's such a party. But I'd say Denisol, like like how I saw him at um, Mosley when they yeah. had band, but also doing stuff off that last album they did, which was band oriented and had lots of guests on there and stuff like David Byrne. Oh really? I didn't know David Byrne played with him. He, well, yeah, he did a song with him on the last album. And oh. it's really, it's funny because it's just basically a David Byrne song. And then they both do a little verse at the end. <laughs> so you hear him, it's just like, yeah, this is a David Byrne song. And then a beat comes in at the end and then they do a little rap and it's done. 
Ah. <laughs> <laughs> what more do you want? <laughs> okay, so De La Soul, anyone? Oh, anyone well, you said you had 1,700 uh, answers for this one. The but... other one would have been James Brown in his prime. Now, what do you class as his prime? Oh, okay, James Brown in the 70s. I, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want eighties or nineties James Brown. Not late sixties. <sighs> See for that for me I think he had, for me he's got two peaks. He's got that sort of mid to late sixties period with mm. with Clyde on drums, yeah. where he basically invented funk music. Yeah. And then you've got the Bootsy era, early seventies, where it's just a little bit rawer but still funky as hell. Mm. Those are the two eras that I would love to go and see. It's just the, the, I wouldn't want to go to the first era because there were things afterwards that would get missed. And I was hoping if yeah. we go later era, it would cover the things in the past, but not, yeah. sound, not sound like the, the 80s. I'm just trying to get some money to pay off my alimony or something. Yeah, or bail or whatever it is, <laughs> court or, fees. And... Or, or that or that little segment in, uh, what was it, Rocky Three? Oh, uh, yeah. Thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still, I still love that film. <laughs> Rocky Four. That was Rocky Four, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, uh, James Brown. Okay, that's another answer. Uh, any more? Because we, we're gonna have to pick one here, you know. You know. Well, I, I did put Ben Folds Five because of that thing I spoke about earlier, but. Yeah. See, between De La Soul and James Brown, it's very... I would go with De La Soul because I know every single word of everything they would say, and I am super fan. Okay. <laughs> Whereas James Brown, James Brown might do some things, I'd be like, wait a minute. Oh, okay. With De La Soul, I'm just there. The whole thing, I know everything. B-side, I got you. So you just you want to know... What you get in, no surprises. For that party thing, yeah. for that, yeah, getting me going, yeah. Because sometimes you kind of, yeah, this is good and all, but it's not quite sure. And you keep thinking, are they going to play? Are you going to play that? Are you going to do that? Did you ever Where, get to see James Brown before he, he passed? No, it was, I think it was too far gone then. It was that that show that I, I, I didn't want to see that. Yeah, I, I went to see him it was a couple of years before he died, I think. It was at, at the Civic, actually. Yeah, Wolverhampton. Still a good show. I mean, he only did an hour, which I was a bit like, oh, I wish he could have done a bit more, but it's still a cracking hour. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's still a great hour. Okay, so we're going with De La Soul to get you warmed up. Brilliant. So it's now time for the headliner. Who is the main attraction in closing your show? All right. I cheated. I, I, okay. I, well, you've got a time machine, I granted. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, I cheated <laughs> because Miles Davis is my headliner. Okay. But I'm billing it as Miles Davis All-Stars. Right. (laughs) (laughs) He's the headliner. The band, it's a loaded roster. But it's a two-form band. One to to do the more acoustic stuff. Mm. So that would be the the, the classic lineup of uh, Herbie Hancock, uh, Ron Carter... Uh, uh, Tony Williams and drums, the only more acoustic stuff, and that, yep. And yeah. then the more fusion electric stuff as well. We okay. got Chickory, John Schofield, John McLaughlin. <laughs> McLaughlin. Oh. Um, uh, where, where's the Wolverhampton guy? Dave Holland on bass. And you can still have Wayne Shorter in there as well. Oh, and John Coltrane would be on that first set room. Yeah, I was going to say, where's, where's Coltrane in this? Yeah. <laughs> And Eto Moreira on um, 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 percussion. I was going to say on bass there. <laughs> so are you taking, are you going to go back and get one Miles Davis and and then go and get the rest of his, of his, yeah. of his band? I saw recently, I saw a John Schofield concert where he did, he did it as like two sets. And the first set was off one album, which was the more quiet, sedate stuff. And the second set was the electric, the electric, more fusiony stuff. Mm. So I'm thinking of it like that. Okay. I'm up for bending rules. That's fine, Jules. These rules are meant to be broken. And it is still, it's still Miles Davis is the headliner. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I think that's fair. And I will allow it. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Miles Davis has closed your show. The lights are going down on the stage. Uh, Saul mentions there's a little campfire being set up on the hill there and you can go and take take your bongos if you want. And uh, when you get up there, someone totally unexpected is there. They want to have a little jam with you throughout the night. So who are you going to jam with in front of the campfire to bring your festival to a close? Yeah, it's another jazz jazz all-star lineup. <laughs> another one. But just, on just, just kind of subtle, just hey. <laughs> um, so we got, we got oh that was it it'd be Dave Douglas on trumpet okay uh, Linda Ohan May uh, on bass because you're such a nice person ah you know you know when you meet an artist and they're just really nice it's like you don't need to be this nice <laughs> you could just tell me to get lost I'm like, oh, spit in my face something yeah, it's just like, oh man we're talking about like jamming i think it was once before a gig i'd yeah. seen dave douglas she was playing bass and she was the the selling um cds afterwards and i was talking i said and i was waiting to hear get confirmation of where the gig was right I got a, got a beep on my phone and I looked and it's like, oh no, I just went to hear. I got a gig tonight, so I just went to hear where it is. I was like, oh, okay, what kind of bands? Oh, yeah, it's function kind of funk band. It's like, oh, yeah, I used to play in one of them. Yeah, we used to play like this. I was like, oh, man, don't need to talk to me like that. <laughs> and she's also an awesome bassist. Uh, Chris Potter on saxophone. Uh, again, Chick just jamming on piano. And me on vibraphone. Of course. Well, you, yeah, I said you can take your bongo, you can take your vibes. Up to you. But that would just be like me playing one note and going, you go now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you look very happy doing that. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to deny you doing that. I can't follow that. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Well, Jules, that has been one heck of a festival. Uh, we've had prince multiple times we've had roy Ayers, we've had mf doom gary burton devlin casey jones della soul miles davis joni mitchell and lots of other things in between so it's time for you to get into your larder <laughs> and uh go and pick all these guys up and uh see you at the show man just before you go uh where can people keep up to date with you with me you can reach me at my uh facebook just look for julian powell look for a picture of a drummer drumming and on um what's the thing called instagram i was going to say twitter but i'd never touch that thing uh on instagram i am at julian s powell and the s stands for stealing your answers <laughs> i like it a lot I see uh, the s i could see was the steal in your name <laughs> uh yeah i'd have been annoyed if you just went for steal <laughs> have my name <laughs> who will play me uh, and roundabouts of kindness of course is on brum radios on mondays at 10 o'clock uh it's one of my favorite shows i listen to it every week and uh yeah it's a great show man uh hip-hop jazz funk soul and lots of other things in between it's good man thank you very much and again thank you for the opportunity man <laughs> yes and the show so. <laughs> So I'm gonna do I'm gonna I'm gonna do that celebrity thing, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can thank me when you win your first award. <laughs> I don't get no stinking awards. Yeah, can, we'll I, see. can I send you up to get the award and then and then you just go on stage and say, Awards suck! I could do that and then thank myself and then go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there we have it. Mr. Julian Powell there with his Dream Festival lineup. Don't forget to sign up to the Patreon at patreon.com slash dreamfestpod where you'll get an extra 25 minutes, yes, 25 minutes of extra chats with Julian, including who he will be hanging out with backstage and who makes his dream festival band. Yes, we touched upon it briefly there, but you have to sign up to Patreon 
to get full access to that. Um, I've also added a little bonus extra in which I've already revealed who will be on the next show, so you get to find out before anyone else. Uh, also, go and check out Julian's uh, radio show, Random Acts of Kindness, on Brum Radio. It's on every Monday at 10 o'clock, uh, and it's on Listen Again at BrumRadio.com. Uh, click on the shows page and find his little uh, show page. And uh, yeah, they're all listed there for your listening pleasure and you can listen to it whenever you like. Uh, his latest one, as I recall, this was uh, a tribute to one of his heroes, Chick Corea. Uh, I listened to it this afternoon, actually. Um, so yeah, you should go and check that out. It's a fantastic hour and a half of music every single week to look forward to. Uh, Julian also plays in a little band called Fat Lip with yours truly. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to play some gigs again come the summer. Uh, so if you fancy some funk and soul, go to facebook.com slash live and we'll let you know where we're playing next. Um, I'm hoping, yeah, that will be summer time-ish. I think we've got one booked in for the summer, but that's a private party. But yeah, we'll let you know when we're playing. Uh, we're usually down at the Night Owl. I think the Night Owl will probably have us back when uh, we're up and running again. Uh, but yeah, come and see us. That'd be great. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast on the Brum Radio podcast channel or wherever you get your podcasts from. Or just generally tell your friends. I'm slowly trying to put Brum back on the map, on the World Heritage map. So if you know anyone from uh, from a different country, that, that's very useful as well. Uh, just give them a little nudge or tell them to follow me on Twitter at DreamFestPod or on the Facebook page at DreamFestPod. My thanks go to Rich Farmer for the artwork, to Jane Powell for the music, to the Brum Radio podcast channel for hosting and to you for listening. So until next time, remember, if you book them, they will come. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.